0: Justin Langer today resigned as the men's coach dramatically rejecting a short-term contract extension. The decision comes after claims Langer had lost the support of senior players. Cricket Australia is copying sharp criticism over its handling of the whole affair. Returning home resigned to his fate. Justin Langer will now contemplate his future from quarantine. Have you got anything
1: to say on what's happened in the last 24 hours Justin?
0: His management confirming he'd tendered his resignation as of this morning, stepping aside effective immediately following a meeting with Cricket Australia last night in which he was offered a short-term contract.
2: It's been a really poor six months I think of the way that the Cricket Australia as a whole have handled um, some of the better people in Australian cricket being Justin Langer and Tim Payne. I think it's been almost embarrassing the way they've handled those two cases. I actually think it's a a really sad day as far as Australian cricket is concerned.
0: Welcome to another Love Sport podcast. This is Paul, your host. Um, Just letting you know that this is a little bit of a rant, a podcast, um, just ranting about organisations and how they aren't looking after some of their coaches and the ramifications that has had. I want to start out with the Justin Langer um, ramifications of him um, quitting let me just say tentatively, um, let me just put the par- uh, parenthesis out there, uh, quitting. Um, four-year contract that he had, um, had brilliant results. And obviously the latest being a 4-0 uh, Ashes drubbing. I don't think his resume could do any more. I just think Cricket Australia have absolutely uh, thrown out the baby with the bathwater. I don't want to hear anyone defend him. It's pathetic. Um, they offered him six months. Who in their right mind after being this successful goes, okay, yeah, I'll take six months. No one, no one in any position would go, okay, I've been there four years. I'm expecting either another contract or not. But to offer six months is pathetic. Cricket Australia, pathetic. The player's not coming out to support him. Um, They either tell the truth about what they think about him or they back him. But they came out with just lame answers. Um, Pat Cummings had a fantastic... First Ashes series as captain, absolutely brilliant. To be a bowler and to do what he did um, obviously takes a fair bit of different concentration and to know when to do the bowling changes. So could I um, put down his captaincy in that regard? No. But not coming out to back your gaffer or back your coach, um, I think is absolutely weak. Uh, Pat Cummings, weak leadership in that regard. The rest of the team as well, I haven't heard a note whether they're being held over the barrel. And it's been asked on our Love Sport podcast uh, group on Facebook, a couple of people. uh, Thanks, Dan. Thanks, Gary, for asking. Um, But I think it's absolutely woeful. Um, Has Cricket Australia said to them, look, you can't speak out? Well, that's pretty weak. And and obviously, money talks, and there might be some contractual things where they're not allowed to comment. Well, if you know how to say um, bad things, then don't say the good. Say nothing at all. Uh, David Kosh. Um, on at Sunrise um, asked similar questions of Pat Cummings and Pat Cummings, seriously, if he was batting and we needed to save the test, would have been bold first ball because you, you back your manager or, or you don't and or your coach and they didn't. And to show that disrespect and I think Cricket Australia, I think the players have shown a disrespect. I, I just cannot believe, this is a very dark day for me Who's going to be the coach uh, to start with? Who's going to be better than what Justin Lang has done? Because whoever comes in now, they're going to, I mean, what are they guided by? Uh, or oh, the, the players are happy for you. So, you know, we've done a player performance ranking and they've all given you a nine out of 10. Well, you don't win. The Australian public will tell you what's happening. We want—we we certainly don't expect our players to win everything, but we're such a great cricketing country. Um, what's the next coach? They're on a hide to nothing, really, because they can't do any more than what Justin Langer's done. Um, we can go through other records of different coaches over the years, and, and there's been, obviously, some you know, absolutely brilliant coaches. Justin Langer's tenure um, for the last six months has been clouded by the uh, inaction, seemingly, um, to re-sign him. And I hope someone like the England Cricket Board come out and just offer him the world because he will lift them up. He will shape them. People tell them what's what. Is it symptomatic of young people? I mean, I mean, I could do really broad brushstrokes here, but it feels like no one is allowed to criticize anyone because criticism is not always bad. Criticism makes you better. People are allowed to say, look, you're not doing this correctly. This is what you should be doing. They're allowed to do that. We live in a fairy tale world where everyone's offended by everything. I am offended that Justin Langer wasn't offered a, a further contract. I am offended that the platitudes that have been thrown out by Cricket Australia are weak as hell. And the CEO's interview, don't even bother listening to it, because he, he is pathetic. Um, and the players not to back him as well. You could say, look, we had problems with the coach. Um, and, you know, it came between the coach and us and the coach is gone. They could be honest and say that. That would be a gutsy thing to do. Um, Justin Langer has given his heart and soul I will say I've worked in cricket before. I have met Justin Langer and I have not a soft spot for him. I have absolute admiration. So I could be clouded by that as well. But this is a wider malaise that is happening on many of our sporting boards around the country. And I'll, I'll touch on a couple other ones um, a little bit later on. Justin Langer should have been offered another contract. Could there be... Um, you know, that talk or has there been that talk that he hasn't been getting along with players? Could Cricket of Australia have managed it better? Have they been doing that? And if so, then we need to know and we can have a bit more understanding. If the players didn't get along with him as well, come out and say it. Say it now. Like, I don't want to hear your crap, you know, about your, you know your new car or, you know, you went on a surf trip here and you did this and that. Just tell us what we need to know because if you weren't a good cricketer, no one would know who you were, okay? And especially in, in previous years with, uh, you know, Sandpaper Gate and all those kind of things, Cricket Australia doesn't need another mess. And this is a mess, okay? And people are angry. People are disappointed. And to say that it's been handled uh, in an inept fashion is an absolute understatement. So I'd love to hear your thoughts. You can get us on love Sport, um at Twitter. Get yeah, me at paul underscore football. More than happy for you to to comment there as well um, to, to let me know. So, have Cricket Australia done the right thing? I don't think so. And if there were underlying issues, if there was some other mitigating circumstances, then tell us the truth. We deserve it. In all essence, us supporting your products, us going to your games, we support you to be able to do what you love. And if you don't have the respect of your coach of the Australian team, if you don't have the respect of the fans who buy your merchandise, who support your sponsors and go to the games, then you really are um, treating us like crap. That's the truth of it. I can't see any way that the... the it, Look, it's not a resignation, is it? I mean, you get offered six months. It's not a resignation at, per se. It's a lack of support for him. And I think, you know, he couldn't have done anything else. You know, a six months is an absolute slap in the face. So, you know, Ian Chappell, he's okay with it. He thinks Pat Cummings will get along and lead the team. But people at Ricky Ponting believe it's it's been pathetic. And I will back Ricky Ponting's point of view every day of the week because I believe he's the greatest uh, mind in uh, Australia, Well, in world cricket. That's my rant right now about Cricket Australia. Um, you know, in a couple of days, time will change. I'm not. Sure, it will, but happy to hear your points of view.
2: Yeah, cheers, Cairn. Thank you, mate. The performance, I mean, as, as good as you can get, 3-0 against your fiercest rivalry, all the, all the goals came in the first half. I mean, how impressed were you by that? Yeah, considering, um, you know, the context of the game and, you know, we kind of knew the consequences of, of winning today gets us on top and we haven't won against them for a little while. So it was a big day for our supporters. So the first 45 minutes in particular was, was outstanding. You know, we, we played some in football uh, scored some great goals. Probably could have had a couple more. Um, second half we had to defend a bit more, but I thought we did that well as well. So really proud of the players. It was a, it was a big night for us, and um, they delivered. You hadn't been them for, for two years or, or just over. You, you had your first crack. I think back in August last year, where you lost. Did you sense the pressure building? Are you at home today in front of 60 odd thousand, The rivalry we've spoken about. Did you feel that pressure? No, not really. Um, you know, we've we've sort of been building slowly through the year, and, and We've well, we lost three of our first six games, and um, you know in the Scottish Premiership you can't afford to drop too many. We knew that for us to sort of be challenging, we had to be almost perfect. Since then, and and we have been. So the players have been dealing with the fact that we we've got to perform every week um, and overcome every challenge in front of us. So today was no different. Um, obviously, the extra significance was that you know, it's a game that means a lot to our supporters. So you want to you want to deliver for them as much as anything. Um, they couldn't come to the stadium last year, obviously, um, to, to watch the derby. So um, to have them back here tonight, uh, 60,000, uh, it was a special night.
0: So we have a systemic issue in Australian football. And when I say Australian football, I'm not talking AFL. I'm talking the world game. I'm talking soccer. The biggest grassroots um, player base of male and females in Australian sport is soccer or football, and I call it football. Uh, any long term listeners to this podcast will know that uh, I'm a Villa fan, I'm a Socceroos fan, I'm a Bruce Raw fan. So please don't take this as a beat up. But once again, we look at a very similar situation to Cricket Australia. We look at Football Australia or formerly uh, FFA or whatever. Carnation, incarnation, what it is now. And we have guys like Stasic, who was a brilliant coach in my mind for the Matildas. And we've never fully known why he wasn't supported there. And they have gone backwards. They, um, it is very much like the 2005 Socceroos or 2006 Socceroos. This is a golden generation. We have the greatest female footballer that we've ever seen. If not one of the greatest footballers of any gender that Australia's ever seen, is Sam Kerr. We have experienced players all over the park playing in Europe, playing in the US, playing back here in the A League as well, uh, sorry, in the uh, A League Women's, um, formerly W League. And we've just seen them bow out quite meekly uh, in the Asia Cup and we've just seen um, over the last probably 12 to 18 months a regression in what we we believe. A lot of the ball getting passed backwards and slowly, and we've got such attacking players, and the confidence just really seems low. I would like to know, really, I don't think any of us except, um, you know, the authorities and uh, Alan Stasek will ever know why he was let go. I think he's an absolute football genius in my mind. We then look... At players in the past, or sorry, coaches in the past, um, Ange Postecoglou, he's a winner wherever he goes. He won with Australia. He wins in Japan with Yokohama FC. He won with the Brisbane Roar, with the greatest football, I think, in my lifetime that I've seen in Australia. And yes, I'm biased. But Roy Salona was a real thing because other supporters from other clubs were saying it as well. We then see Ange um, now winning in Scotland with Celtic. And he is a winner wherever he goes. So last year, um, played away from crowds. Rangers won by a record 25 points, or were or, or 25, ended up 25 points ahead of Celtic at the end of the season. They lose three out of their first six games this year. A lot of people were saying, "Who the hell's Ange Postecoglou?" There were Celtic fans and a ton of them saying, "Who is this guy?" And, and that's kind of understandable in the world scheme of things. We're very European-based in in our football love. And so then we see Ange come out. And um, they're now absolutely thrashed Rangers 3-0 this week. But it wasn't just the 3-0 thrashing because the first half was sublime. And and, and if it wasn't for the keeper, Celtic could have gone into the break 5 or 6 up. And they really, really could have. In the second half, Rangers really fought back well, as you would expect in the old firm derby. And it was a lot closer than the 3-0 in the end. But that first half was absolutely sublime. It's everything we've come to expect from Ange. One touch passing, the players moving ahead of the ball, um, everyone looking to get into position. It was brilliant. And it's systematic again, or systemic again, that this was a coach that could have taken the golden generation, then the next generation of socceroos forward. Okay? I don't want to make a comment on any other um, coaches, gaffers, managers at the moment uh, for uh, Australia, but I must say that this is, again, where we've dropped the ball. We let a coach go who was winning. We let a coach go who was putting a system in place. So it's so many sports at the moment are doing this, you know, and I just don't understand why we don't have faith in our managers and gaffers. You don't have to be friends with every single player in your team. He has made some ordinary players look really, really good in every system that he's had. So, you know, congratulations to Ange, congratulations to Celtic. The season's far from over. There's still a lot of work to do there. But look, Studgy's gone, Matilda's struggling. Ange went obviously many moons ago, but we've not been the same. And yes, we don't have the same level of players that we did previously, but we also have a system that's just still European based and it really should be more Asian based. You know, we play in high humidity, we play in um, you know, a lot different conditions to what European football has, where it's run, 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 run. So, I don't know. I'm just really disappointed with how we're going in football in, in general. Um, this should be a really great time for Australian football. We're obviously seeing the A-League now. I caught the Recycle League, the A-League men's. I am a Brisbane Raw um, member. I do go to games. So, I put my bum on the seat. Um, I'll go whether there's a thousand or ten or, or twenty or thirty, I don't care. But we're seeing a real regression. I think we need to go back to promoting much more local talent, much younger talent. I caught the recycle league because you can go and look at a player and he might have played at three or four or five clubs, or he's come back to the same club two or three times. We need to get past that. You had your time, off you go. Thanks very much for the memories. Another rant for you.
3: Um, for bringing attention to the issue and potentially ruining his career as an nfl coach see we talked about colin kaepernick making the sacrifice this is a sacrifice okay colin kaepernick listen god bless him he was an individual that could play grab you know got at the san francisco 49ers uh to to the super bowl we know what he brought to the table and we know ultimately what he ended up sacrificing. Uh, but he was taking the position, and he was still playing, and then they got wind of it, and it became, you know, uh, you know, just dominated the news airlines, the, thing, the news airways, rather, and things of that nature in the headlines, and things just regressed from there. In the case of Brian Flores, you're interviewing for the New Orleans Saints job. You are interviewing for the Houston Texans job. You're considered a finalist for both of those jobs. But yet, because of what happened to when you with the Giants, mm-hmm. and what happened to you allegedly when you were talking to Steven Ross, the owner of the Miami Dolphins, and he is talking to you about throwing games, and he'll pay you $100,000 per loss if you lost on purpose. And he's bringing up John Elway and his GM and how they came to a meeting disheveled an hour late, looking a bit inebriated and what have you, and you highlight The situations that black coaches in the national football league have had to endure for him to step up at this moment in time in his career when everybody knows he didn't deserve to be fired from miami it didn't appear to make any sense whatsoever he did a damn good job with them over the last two years Mm -hmm.
1: it just seemed to be uh just something that was incredibly courageous on his part is um eye-opening to say the least it is shocking to say the least And um, on top of it, uh, I kept trying to put myself in in his shoes. Think about it, put yourself in this man's shoes, okay? Put yourself in this man's shoes. You're sitting at home and you're getting ready to interview with the New York Giants. And you're probably sitting there thinking, uh, at some point, I can't believe I don't have a job in Miami anymore. You know, I I just coached the Miami Dolphins to -to back-to-back winning seasons uh, for the first time since 2003. And, um, and I did it this year after starting 1-7, first team in the history of the NFL, lose seven in a row, and win seven in a row in the same season. And when Brian Flores got fired a couple of weeks ago, that was the surprise. That was the shocker. That was the eyebrow raiser. And the reason that was given publicly by Stephen Ross, the owner of the Miami Dolphins, and I'm paraphrasing here, was essentially there were communication problems. Your former coach up in New England, Bill Belichick. You look down at your phone, and he's congratulating you on the job. And and um, and you're wondering, wait a minute, I'm, I'm interviewing for this thing. I got a dinner coming up. Did you hear something I didn't hear, he said. And um, he mentioned that, you know, he's interviewing with the Giants on Thursday because Belichick texted him Giants with a, qu- a bunch of question marks and exclamation points. He says, I think I got a shot at it. Got it. I hear from Buffalo and NYG that you are their guy. Hope it works out if you want it. And then he begins to realize that maybe Belichick's got the wrong Brian. It's Dable, not Flores. He asks him, coach, you talking to Brian Flores or Brian Dable just to make sure? And he wrote back, sorry, I you know, I blanked this up. I double-checked and misread the text. I think they're naming Dable. I'm sorry about that, BB. And all you can write back is like, okay, thanks,
0: Bill. And- now on to my final rant, which is kind of a two-parter and I'm probably going to go all over the place here, so please forgive me. But Uh, One of the biggest post-season stories, it's not even post-season yet, we've still got the Super Bowl, but one of the biggest stories that's going to continue post-season is uh, Brian Flores from Miami Dolphins getting sacked. And that was a big enough story as it is. We won eight of our last nine games, a winning record with him, looked like we were going forward. but he, he was sacked. So that's the the owner, Ross's prerogative. But the issues start to get clouded when the truth comes out. You know, he's going on record to say that he was offered $100,000 a game um, to lose um, back a couple of seasons ago when we were trying to get a higher draft pick in a really good quarterback year. So he was offered 100000 to lose, which is tampering. Um, and, it, it, and we know that people do it, whether it's AFL with Melbourne years ago, whether it's, um, you know, Miami Dolphins, who didn't tank, by the way, they, they end up having a, a winning five games in a season where they weren't expected to win any, and this year had a, had a positive record. A lot of things are going to come out that we've already known about the NFL in the past, so it's going to be really interesting. He's suing uh, three clubs, um, and, and who knows what's going to happen there. The Rooney rule itself. Is a rule that is not to tell a club that they have to hire a person of colour or, or um, a minority. The Rooney rule is to say they need to have the uh, equal opportunity to be able to apply and to be heard. So that's where one of the big issues comes here. It became, you know, down to a conversation where Flores had an interview uh, on a Tuesday for for a job. Um, obviously post uh, Miami Dolphins sacking. So he's having conversations back and forwards uh, with Bill Belichick and and Bill basically tells him congratulations. Um, And uh, Brian goes, do you know who you're speaking to? Because I don't have my interview to Tuesday. So let's not make it about Bill. It's really kind of sad. I'll I'll see if I can get uh, something up on the uh, Love Sport podcast in that regard. The thing is, if you've already hired someone and you haven't done the interview process, whether that is um, a a government job, whether that's, you know, a, a big business or whatever, it's pretty poor effort. And that's what's reflecting badly right now. So. You know, is it endemic racism? I don't know. But I can say this. There are over 70% of NFL players are from an African-American descent. And uh, as far as I'm aware now, I don't believe there are any um, black coaches in the NFL at the senior level. If I'm wrong there, please correct me. I know there are uh, offensive coordinators, defensive coordinators and special teams and so forth. But if you've got 32 teams and not one black coach, it's 70% of the players are um, uh, of African-American descent. Surely something does not correlate there. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens there. If some of the allegations that have been made are true, then Ross's uh, position as an owner is untenable. Um, it is very different to what happened with the LA Clippers and their former uh, owner, but not if the allegations are correct, it's not too far removed, and he could be forced to sell an absolute money maker because anyone who's got an NFL team, it is a um, license to print money. They are um, no matter how bad you're going, your team seems to make all the money, whether it's from TV, from jersey sales, uh, whatever. So. I'm really disappointed as a Dolphins fan because we look like an absolute joke again. We um, haven't had, um, uh, you know, we, we've barely won a playoff in 30 years. We blew a chance at winning multiple Super Bowls with one of the greatest uh, quarterbacks ever played the game in Dan Marino, and now who wants to come to us? I, I certainly can't see that, you know, um, coaches want to come to us. But it goes back to what we're talking about, cricket. And it goes to, back to what we we're talking about, soccer or football as well. If the players are not liking the, 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 um, the way that he handles himself, is that not a little bit on them? I don't want to say they're snowflakes, but they, um, they, you know, if you play high school football, you play college football, and then you're into the NFL. It is a tough game. It does have tough coaching. So I'm just, I'm just disappointed with where my team's at. I'm disappointed with. Um, uh, I think visuals say a lot, and as I said. You shouldn't be forced to hire someone, but you should be fair in your hiring. 70% of players are from African-American backgrounds and there are no senior coaches. If there is, I've made a mistake, in, even if it is one out of 32. What's that, 3% or 3 point something percent? Ah, I certainly have had a bit of a meltdown today, but you know, I'm passionate about my sport. I'm passionate about... Uh, people having the ability to put their best arguments forward. So if you want to discuss any of these things, you can get us on the Love Sport podcast on Facebook or Twitter. Get me at Paul underscore football, always open for a conversation as well. This is and and will always be the Love Sport podcast.